Hey everybody, welcome to The Pen and The Voice. This is Samantha and Katie sharing with you our love of storytelling, songwriting, and the ups and downs of creative life. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss slow culture versus hustle culture and how we must learn to create and consume differently. So let's jump right in. What do we mean by slow culture? Katie, what do you think? Well, I mean, as the word suggests, it is kind of like the opposite of fast culture. Um, we tend to speak about hustle culture, which we all are, I think, have fallen prey to in today's world of social media and constant connectivity. And I guess uh, the idea is really sort of relatable to everybody because we know that same topic from food, where we also talk about fast food. And fast food is usually not very nutritious food, right? It's just something we consume quickly, it's served quickly, and a lot of times it's, you know, full of sugars and fats and things that kind of like make you addicted and and are not very nutritious. So high calorie foods that just are an instant gratification, but that doesn't last long. And I think that's what we mean by slow culture. It's sort of like the same idea that our like listening to music or going to an art gallery or going to theater or whatever. These are things we want to consume slowly because it's supposed to be food for soul and it's supposed to be nutritious and have meaning and satisfy us on a deeper level. I mean, I guess that's, that's what we mean by it. But like, would you agree? Did, did I forget anything? No, you, you, you nailed it. It's, it's the same in my thought process as far as, like you said, fast food is something that, like you described, is not healthy. It has all these things that aren't nutritious for us. But people in the middle of being instantly gratified, all of us have been, you know, prey to it. It's not like none of us have had fast food. We, we don't stop and think of the long-term effects of it. So it's not just instant gratification. It's long-term demise. You know, if you continuously, right. if you continuously consume something that is wired to get you to come back and to come back, yeah. keep coming back, but also to numb parts of you that don't need to be shut off or, you know, to deteriorate certain parts of your body, it's, it's going to affect you later. And when it does, it's usually either irreversible or it's something that's so, you know, it's been through so much that it takes a lot of work to bring back. And so not to be the negative, not to be so negative, but when you think about it, like you said, with art and theater and music and how we've, I think through the process, kind of underserved and underappreciated art and music. Oh, yeah. And we just, we want it. We want we want the quick this. We want. We don't want to listen through, you know, the album process and hear the story. We always talk about story here, you know, and how meaningful it is, not just to the artist or the creator who is trying to, you know, express a deeper level of self, but it's always connected to who they're trying to serve and who they're trying to reach. And so we all get a disservice, the creator and the audience, by trying to go around the process that usually takes much longer and it's it's more challenging 
And it's something that always doesn't even feel like, like I said, the instant gratification is the opposite. It's, it's long-term gratification. You know, once you sit and settle and it's like, oh, I get it. Oh, now, you know, versus just, I don't want to do this. I don't want to hear this. Give me something, you know, it's, it forces you to settle in. And Mm -hmm. if we can settle in, in culture, settle in, in us as creators, the listener, everyone, the, the marketers, the, you know, the businesses, everyone just saying, Hey, if we can find a way to, to shift, not to this utopia, but at least begin the process. I think that we will, we would appreciate what the creator creates. Oh my God. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and you just said something about how, this like fast culture actually harms us in the long term and and we have to get it out of our system right and i can totally relate to that because i have to say that i'm guilty of it too and i sometimes just you know jump from one song to the next and i just want to discover more and my dopamine is active (laughs) and i'm like ah, give me more and it's hard to kind of like put an end to it but at the same time if i over consume I do not feel well afterwards. I feel like, you know, I've just wasted my time in a way. I haven't really connected with anything. Um, I just consumed it mindlessly. And that's, I mean, it always depends on, of course, the situation, especially with music. Like we can listen to music in the car. We can listen to music as we paint something or we can listen to music, you know, while we're out with friends. And of course it's, it's different kinds of hearing and different kinds of listening that you do in different situations. But I just noticed that a lot of times I overdo it and, and the songs no longer sink in. And that is kind of sad. It is, like you said, it's, I don't get served as I should, but at the same time, I don't kind of like honor the creator and the, the songwriters and the musicians and the people that put in thoughts and I'm not really listening anymore. So yeah. that is something I think we have to relearn in a way, like on both ends, being the creators, but also being the listeners and, and, and in general, how we consume media, right? We have to kind of learn to put an end to it and to not be on for 24 hours a day and just consume whatever we're being served with algorithms and, and Google and, and, and Instagram sending us new stuff uh, constantly. We kind of like have to put up firewalls and be like, no, I want nutritious things and I want to pick my own menu. And like you said, we have to be intentional about that. You said something that that hit home for me too. Like when we do get to this space where we're overly consuming, jumping from one you know track or one song to the next and we're just like you said, mindlessly, you know, it's like, well, no, I don't know that. And we're, and we're not really sticking with it. It does. It's weird. And it's funny but at the same time, because I heard something this week um, where when we hear, when we go through that process creating and we don't have a good experience or when we finish the song or we didn't complete it, but we spent so much time trying to work on it and it doesn't have a pleasant memory it it doesn't make us feel good it doesn't serve us well and when we do have a story it's this really cool story really fast um warren campbell he's a producer and he worked with um brandy on this one particular song that's one of her most beloved songs even though it was never 
a single, it was called He Is, and he goes through this whole process of for years, he just had these chords that he just had to, it was, I think he said four years, I can remember, but it was years he had these four chords that he just had to, he just couldn't get it out of his system. And he just, at one time was, he said, I just had it in the studio. I had it on loop for like hours. I just had it on loop and I was, he was upstairs. And then um, the writer, I forget the gentleman's name, came and wrote the entire song. He came back down, he had the whole song written. And it was a session at the time they were saying it was going to um, Deborah Cox, um, who's another um, singer, Canadian um, R&B singer. She came and she's like, oh, I love it. I, w- I love this song. And they were like, oh, oh, it's for somebody else. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, and it ended up being for Brandy. But he said it and he smiles through it. He was like, I love the song, but I love the story with the right. song just as much and you can tell because we have the same experiences like when we look back and the process of creating it was slow or we were just talking about our experiences and just getting it out and we were just really being human beings and we were allowing the human story and the process of fellowship or coming together and creating all that it 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 makes the song it almost breathes life into the song and yeah even though it makes no sense in like a logical state, it's almost like the consumer and the audience that all of us can hear and feel that story. And it's not crazy to me that that is such a beloved song. And then to hear after all these years, the beloved story, you know, because he had something for years that he couldn't let go, but this is something he, he just knew was something he had to just get, get the song out. Yeah get it out. And, you know, what if we abandon, what if we abandon those chords? What if we abandon an idea because we just want to hurry up and get the next hit or get the next this, or, you know, it's that story just really reminded me. Yeah, we, we do that, you know, a story and a song together. So powerful. Absolutely. I love that. And it kind of makes total sense to me. Even you just saying that it, it never ended up being a single. It was, maybe an album track and how many times like back in the day of, of listening to albums, did we end up loving certain songs wow. that were not the single, but I guess these are not the attention grabbing songs, right? These are the songs you discover as you listen through the entire album and you kind of like allow yourself to get taken away yeah. by the whole storyline of the album. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, but this song, right? Because now you're open to actually listen. But maybe for, in terms of grabbing attention, they will pick a single that's attention grabbing, that's, you know, that'll pull you in from second one. And um, so th- that goes to show how we, we unlearn to yeah. listen long enough to, to, to listen and, and dig and find the gold in, in a song, in an album, in a piece of art. We just, we have become so shallow both as observers and like you said, also as, as writers, we're like, Oh, this is not a good idea. So toss it. Right. Right. But don't toss it because it might not be the time for the song, but the idea might be good. Right. And you just need more development and you need to live your life a little more. And then all of a sudden things will kind of like come together and make sense. So, um, yeah, we kind of underappreciate the element of time, which is funny because we are so like, I guess in general, so money driven in the Western world where it's like, it has to sell, it has to sell right now and it has to make dollars. And 
and we overvalue money over time, which is the funniest thing because I think we said that before um, in, in our conversations, what is like time is limited, but money, so to say, isn't right. We can still print more money, but right. um, our, our time is limited. And I guess this like devaluation of time and having to execute everything in record time is not beneficial. It is in some areas, of course, there are certain topics that we as a human species have to be fast to solve like climate and, and these things, but it doesn't, I'm sure that in terms of art and catering to the soul, we need to value time and in both sides of the spectrum, the creating and, and, the, and the listening, you know, or yeah. let's say consuming. I fully, fully agree. You said something just now that I feel if I heard or felt or was this knowledgeable back then when in my earlier creating creative years, I wouldn't have felt the same kind of pressure because one thing is when you're on a roll as a creator and like as a songwriter, it's like, man, I am knocking these songs out. Like I'm just killing it. These are great songs. They're fast. I had a, a, a series in my little, in a time um, where I was writing, I wrote so many songs so fast. Like I wrote them, I sang them, I, I recorded them, I edited and mixed them myself. I was like on a roll, like just- You were on fire. I'm yeah. on fire. But you cannot do that forever. And right. when I hit a wall, I felt so guilty. And I beat myself up so bad. It's like, how can I, I was burnt out and I didn't understand that I'm trying to write, I'm trying to produce all these songs for people. It's like, okay, you're great. You know, you're fast. You're like, awesome. Yes, I'm making a good impression. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm producing what people, what these producers and these people are asking me to, to you know, present. But when you hit that wall, it's like we don't, I hope that we don't do that to the point where it is detrimental to our creativity because I had to really pull myself up. It took me a while to rebound because I felt so bad that I know like my mojo, I felt like my mojo left, you know, like I was right. in space and the guilt and the the confusion of, man, like I'm, all I needed to do was step away, but I was in a space where it's like, I can't, I cannot step away. I can't miss my opportunity. I can't mess this up. These are, they're expecting these songs of me. And it's like, after months, it's like, girl, I look back and it's like, I felt I did so much damage to my self-confidence. I did damage to my body because I would, I would sleep for like three hours and then like wake up and boom, right back at it. And, you know, and like, I was, like I said, writing it and I'm singing it and I was mixing it and I was doing all this stuff. And I felt like, you know, I wanted to get my moment. I wanted to take advantage of the opportunity and I did, but at, you have to learn how to say, okay, well, let's, let's stop, let's slow down for a minute, even in the creative process. And like, what are you doing this for? Like young hustle, let's just create and do, like, you don't understand that is still detrimental. It's good that you're producing good songs. Awesome. But what is, what is the end goal? What is your goal? What is the mm. point? What's the you why? Know, what yeah. is, why, why are you doing this? And while you're doing this, how about you monitor yourself and you're conscious of your body? I feel like we think so much about the product 
and what we want to present and how we want to get our music out there that we forget that we really are the product. There's no songs without the songwriter. There's no, right. <laughs> we have to take care of ourselves and slow down and appreciate not just the process, but our, our bodies. And like you said, the, the fast food is perfect example. We have to, we have to realize what we're doing to ourselves. And I think yeah. so many times, like, I just want writers and creators to understand, like, please don't guilt yourself. Like you can't, if you're killing it and you're knocking things out, great, but <laughs> you're a human. You might, you might miss a step. It's okay. You're still amazing. You're still dope. That's great. Keep, you know, keep that in mind. But the damage I did, like I said, to my self-confidence, wondering why I couldn't keep going like this was, was just, I look back and it's like, oh, I wish I didn't do that to myself, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think it happens to so many people. And even on the large scale of major label artists, I mean, how, you know, how they have to beat themselves up to kind of like, once they reach a certain level of success to kind of like follow through with it. And how many times like you can really observe that a lot of times how the first albums are often really really great like they are the best ones because people have time and they put all of themselves into those right and then once that is out the label will ask for a second album pretty fast and so people have to get faster and they have to tour and they have to keep you know yeah. doing all these things at once and I think over time, like a lot of times, maybe for a, for a minute, that pressure is helpful. So the second album might, might be even better because now they're like, oh, like you said, like I'm on fire. This is helpful. This is it. This is my moment. But then after a while, you can't sustain that anymore, just like you said. And yeah, that's when you can a lot of times see how the quality of the music kind of declines, things decline, the energy declines because people are burnt out. And and yeah, like you said, it you've seen it over and over in the history of music. And I just remember um, there's this this Beatles documentary out on, I think it's on Disney Plus right now, um, where they kind of like filmed the making of the record that they had to like write the songs within a couple of weeks um, because they had time pressure. And it, it became one of their most legendary albums that, as I said, like it can work for a while while you're on it, while you're riding the wave. Yeah. But then over time, things can get messy. And then, you know, whether it's like bands, like with maybe the Beatles that have been around for a very, very long time, but then you end up having struggles within the band or it's other things, but it's usually like an outcome and a result of this unhealthy culture that we establish within the industry. And the other thing that I, I, I kind of like observe is how in our social media oversaturated markets, we no longer care to tend to meaningful content. We just produce content in order to get the attention and, and kind of make it somehow. <laughs> and, but we no longer dare to step back and fall short and, and, deliver meaning so this is a big problem i think especially for the indie artists that do not have a major label um you know to back them up financially because if you have the financial means then of course you can just create things fast and you can market them and you'll have reach because you know because of the marketing budget that goes into it and 
So this momentarily um, attention is enough to kind of like keep you to, to help you navigate through through throughout the seasons, right? Then you're like, okay, I have to create the next thing and the next thing. But then for the for the indie artists that do not have that budget, they just have to kind of like compete with that intention of everybody else. And they do not have the opportunity to build that reach because they don't have the marketing budget. But at the same time, they also have no means to establish a fan base as easily anymore because it's hard to bind people that are dopaminergic and that you know have an oversaturation of things and no longer listen and no longer really connect with the artists so that's why what i see um in today's music industry is either the big players um you know major label artists that make it big or even in the major label like Realm, you, you can see all these band revivals or like people that have a revival like they they had fans in the 90s or you know they were very successful and even just abba for example like and now they come back and remarket because they are still lucky to have a fan base because they still had the times where people did take the time to listen to albums and connect with the bands and the messages and, and the things they stood for and we no longer have that. So it's very difficult, I think, for young artists in these days to to build a followership that sticks around and to to build that despite a lack of financial means. So that that's where I see um, the whole industry struggling. You know, you said something that I really didn't fully put two and two together. I don't think so. You just said something. That's such a good point about even the revival. We've seen it happen, you know, because they had revival bands, you know, from acts in the 60s or 70s. Um, and then like now I see the acts in the 80s and 90s. I just went to the New Edition concert. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <They are> awesome. <laughs> you know, and they have these fans for decades. But what are we in this current, you know, indie songwriter artist? Can you have a career where you have a fan base that lasts 30 years 40 years and the i think you can i think you can but like you said the challenges it forces us to think differently and that's why this conversation is so important because if we can begin to shift the culture of listen this is what we have to do but you have to come out the gate and understand that this is what you're up against you just have to be a little bit more creative, just like technology yes. changed things. You have to be able and willing to shift with the times, understand that this is where we are, but you don't have to settle here. We can come up with some different things and some different perspectives where we can attempt to say this, what do you want out of it? Like we always say, start with the why, you know, the why, you know, what, what do you want out of this? And if we can start helping people and help having them navigate from the beginning, you know, if if we're already on sale, we're in this boat versus just saying, all right, find some land. And we're just, you know, in the middle of the sea versus getting in the boat and having a direction and understanding where we're going and having some kind of a guidance tool, then people can get there 
much faster and and better with less wreckage. And that's what we want for people, you know, to see. Like if we shift this culture and we have it slow, it's like, look, understand what you want out of this. What, understand, you know, different levels and layers of what maybe your audience wants out of things. And then we can just it'll it'll make it a, a much more pleasant experience now, but really later, like we said, with the long-term effects. You know, and not just think of being the the quick, oh, let me do this really fast. It's like, well, no, let's try to think of something to have you have a more sustainable future because it is a battle, like you said, that they have to face now with understanding that you have to fight for a lot of ears and eyes in a way oh, yeah. we didn't have to before, even with CDs back then. You know, you're you want this one song, because I know what happened to me. I want this one song. And sometimes the whole album was trash. It's like, yeah. why, why did I get this album? It's awful. It's exactly. <laughs> one good song, you know, but now you can just get the single on iTunes. But, you know, back then you might get the whole album and it's like, wow, it's amazing because you were forced <laughs> to listen. listen through. Yeah. You know, and 100%. So and so many times also the perception shifted, right? Like, because yeah. you want to, you want to discover more like this one yeah. song that you already love. So you kind of like want the artist to be good. And so you kind of like shift perception as well. Once you start listening a little more and you you, you open up and you, you kind of like gain an understanding for the artistry that, you know, you might not, if you're not, if you're not really after this one song. In general, like just educating people, starting the conversation. I think this is where a lot of I hear a lot of artists say, yes, I'm frustrated with the social media and I don't want to produce content all day that has nothing to do with my music or, you know, make the money off other products, which, of course, a lot of musicians do in today's market. They have advertising deals or, you know, release a fashion line or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's not often the music that actually sells. But um, at the same time, I feel like we can complain and at the same time not change a thing and just be like oh but you have to do social media or you have to do this and that it's like well maybe not maybe we can come up with new innovative ways and maybe it's all about starting the conversation and getting artists and listeners on the same standpoint so to say yeah i fully agree with that and just for clarification when we say artists a lot of times people might be confused but just so you know katie and i when we say artists we're talking about songwriters too we're talking about you the creators of yeah. of music you know whether or not you're performing it you're not performing it you know you're the producer that you know it's it's levels of artistry and so you might not identify it but you too are an artist <laughs> yeah, yeah and even other and even like writers that write novels or painters that I think we all struggle with the same issues right it's like having yeah. to compete having to cut through the noise and then yeah not not falling short and and really connecting with with your audience yeah so yeah it goes for so many areas in in culture it does it does and so I mean I really believe that this conversation has been like we always say, I think it's our medicine first, <laughs> and then it's and then we hope it it help, heals others as well. And I think it it has done that, and it's an important conversation that I'm sure you know other people can relate to. So, as we always say, you know, we we love hearing from you guys, and we want to hear your thoughts and your experiences as well. You know, please share 
you know, we value yeah. this community um, tremendously. So yeah, let, of course, follow us on the on the socials and, you know, give us your thoughts and feedback and we'll catch you same time, same place next time. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Can't wait. Bye bye. You just listened to another episode of The Pen and the Voice, a podcast dedicated to the creative process of storytelling, songwriting and artistry. A new episode drops every other week on all major podcast services. Make sure to subscribe to our show to not miss a thing and visit us on our socials or sign up to our mailing list via the links in the show notes. Stay tuned and keep being creative. All the best from Samantha and Katie.